0: All right. Welcome back to Outside Our Element. I'm your host, Alex. I'm joined today, of course, by one of my least friends, Iowa. Hey,
1: guys. (laughs) So glad you guys joined me.
0: Absolutely. And somebody who is way cooler than me. No, I'm sorry. He canceled today. But we do have Brian Hasley sitting in. Hasley, how are you?
2: Happy to be a (laughs) fill-in. Always free. I believe that.
0: Well, guys, we're uh, we're coming up <laughs> towards the end of summer here. I hope you guys have had an awesome summer. No way it was as awesome as mine, um, but kind of wanted to do, toss it to you to see if you want to do a little recap. What uh, what have you guys been up to this summer? Have you done any type of summer vacations or summer festivities that you'd like to share with the class?
2: I'd like to go first. So um, I got to lay sod on the side of my house. And, uh, oh, you have a side yard. No, no, it's just... I just st- didn't realize you were wealthy. Go ahead. It's a courtyard, right? That's how you say it? Well, I went to court, but that was for a different thing. It was, it was thrown out. Um,
1: Asian neighbor or country neighbor? It's important for the story.
2: It, it's, I'm glad you mentioned Asian, because Oriental is not what he is. He's an Asian neighbor, and he is very kind. And it is on that side of the house. And so um, now there is green to go with my little walkway. You're jealous. I can see.
0: How often are you watering your sod to keep it from dying? It to some Is this a
1: euphemism? Is so, I missing something? Or are we talking about sod?
2: Armadillos no. actually killed the, the, them. the and so I it ruined my summer whenever I noticed what they did. I did got very nice and lush and green and um, they destroyed it. So if you ever see an armadillo, let me know. Give me the address. I'll show up with a posse. I'm not getting out. Kill. Armadillo. I thought
0: that was a good opportunity for a possum joke, but I just couldn't yeah. conjure one up there. I
2: thought you were more of a possum hater. Uh, if a possum did that to my lawn, I would probably hate them as well, but armadillos. They, they huh. made the list, buddy.
1: Yeah, I literally watched one die the other day. Oh, It was kind of epic. It was on its back, kind of rolling around, flailing its arms, and I kind of saved it, and then a car came and hit it. <laughs>
2: so you're welcome, Brian. Did you video it? No, I didn't. Then it didn't happen, and I have nothing to spank off to. Well,
1: then why did I just incriminate myself on a podcast if you're not even proud of me?
2: What are we even doing here? I just want the video.
0: Outside of your dad issues, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> did you do anything this summer?
1: Uh, so there was this armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate this question. I worked the entire summer. Uh, it's, it's a lie. I, I swam a little bit by the pool. I hang out by the pool, I mean. And I watch some TV. That's pretty much it. Anything good much. on the TV? Summer vacations are a rip-off when you're an adult. It's nothing like when you're a child.
0: You you just hit where I wanted to segue to, so I'll spare you of my Veronica Mars marathon, uh, what I've been doing <laughs> this summer.
1: Please don't. I knew you were a fan.
0: Um, but uh, what I wanted to talk about was, where did the allure of summer go? Like, wh- wh- Where did that disappear? Because I remember growing up, summer... Summer was the best. There was nothing better than summer. I will admit that I am a warm weather person. So I'd rather be 100 degrees than 40 degrees any day. Any day. I would like it to be extremely hot. But that, you know, just growing up and looking forward to summer and where summer ranked in my life was always so high. Where did did we lose that? Was it with your virginity or... Oh, I wouldn't know. I still I mean, am one.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to answer. I mean, if we're gonna get to it on the sixth podcast, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet. Sure, sure. And by that, I mean armadillo. Sex. I oh. mean, I can tell you the story, but there isn't much of a story. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, serious answer. I feel like college is where we started to lose it. I don't know about y'all, but I took quite a few summer classes mm. just because I had to catch up. Um, and that ruined it. I mean, if you've ever done a Maymaster, you want to kill yourself. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. I can attest to that. I um, was bringing it up. I think that's where it started. And then as an adult, it's just like, the only thing you have to look forward to is like, there's less traffic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's work, right? Having yeah. to work through the summer is right. the fucking worst. Yeah. Even though theoretically you make more money than you ever did in college. Yeah. But you can't ever spend it because there's an opportunity cost lost. Right. Fucking taking a vacation. Right. You just
1: like. find things to complain about. It's like <laughs> my energy bill is higher. I fucking hate summer. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Oh, I go to sleep at fucking nine o'clock. The sun is still out at nine. Right.
0: right. right. I hate it. Yeah. how's what about you?
2: Um, I, I would have to I, I agree. It was around the college time and you had to get it summer job to pay for things, summer classes as well. They were kind of dumb. And then, yeah, when you start working, not all of us get to be teachers. <coughs> Claire. And so, when, sorry,
0: if, if you keep talking about Claire, your wife's going to find out, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: just leave the armadillos out of it.
1: Nobody listens to this, especially not your wife.
2: That's for accurateness. Uh, no, no, I, uh, <laughs> no, no, I, that, that to me was one of the biggest, Oh, what did you do lately? Work. I mean, that's that's almost like a common question now. Is I feel in high school or college, what's going on with your life? Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Now the question is, what are you doing? Work. And 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 it doesn't surprise me that we work through summer. I mean, that's Americans live to work. Seems like a yeah. And you
1: fuckers have to wear slacks and a button up. Maybe more Brian, but. Yeah, I know you dress up a little bit more too. I do.
0: Yeah, I I normally don't wear jeans. I, I'm a little more lax,
1: so I don't have to bitch about it as much. But I think it's hot.
0: It's hot. Yeah, it's
1: not fun at all.
0: What is peak summer for you, and in, in your mind, when you think back, what was what was the best summer?
2: Do you have a go-to answer? In yes, name? the summer I got married. My wife is amazing and glorious. We
0: just covered. She doesn't listen to the podcast.
2: Just in case she does, <laughs> it's been glorious being married and being with her, and Don't she's worry. my everything.
1: We'll edit that part out. Don't know That's part. We we'll gotta put Claire's name in there. What's it's your second
0: peak of summer? Then what's your peak of summer prior to getting married?
2: Going to China. Mm.
0: What? That wasn't. That was after college.
2: Barely. It was what two thousand
0: four. Well, go on, explain it. So, so it is possible to have a great summer even while you're working. Not
2: when you're married. <laughs>
0: <I> Agreed. But <laughs> but so if we're just going to bag on fucking working and and, and how summer is not what it used to be, and you're going to go back <laughs> to one of those your peak summer, at least you know.
2: Okay. Okay. Get so a little insight
0: the- into what does it take to to turn over a a monotonous work summer <laughs> into a peak
2: summer. Well, that particular time, it was just a matter of circumstances that led to a lot of fun. And so it turned out that my brother was in China, and I was able to catch him at the tail end. Fortunately, coincided with the summer months, but...
0: Not the first time your brother's been caught at the tail end. Go ahead.
2: Understatement. High five. <laughs> Very nice. Wait, wait. Could you explain what that means, Alex? hmm he doesn't listen to it either (laughs) that's that's so vouched Uh, no in in in, yes we we got to go to summer because my brother was interning there uh, for six months in China and we were able to explore uh, the place where he was at we went to Beijing Wuhu, Shanghai and it's it was a lot easier than and I'm not dogging on being married or all that but as a single person, it was a lot easier to be able to plan without taking everyone into consideration. There's, I mean, and it's, it's almost more of an immaturity thing, if anything, of we don't have the responsibilities of life and all of those things weighing on us. One, as a child or in college, well, you know, we have the rest of our life to be adults. Now yes. it's like, ah, oh, crap, we're, we're the adults now. Kuna
1: Matata. What, what does that mean? It means no worries. For how long?
2: Until you get a job.
0: <laughs> I believe it's Mongolian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that is true.
2: No, Mushu's not in the new one.
0: And by the way, I would tell Ransom to his face that I think that he gets taken by the tail end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't, I don't believe that for a
2: second. No, no, he he would definitely say that because uh, he told him that at our wedding. Oh, yeah, I do remember him being at the wedding. That's good. <laughs> uh, did that answer the question? No,
0: that was good. Yeah, so, so even though... It was at a time where you had responsibility. It was to be able to escape and explore your immaturity. Yes. Not in a bad way. I mean then in, right, in, right, right. Yeah, in a serious way. That to be able to pull back the veil of adult, to not have to worry, to be immature, to go on adventures, to get into trouble, that that was the, the peak summer. And was it did it remind you of summers when you were a kid and you got to do the same thing is that why you think there was yes. that, that it would be a peak for you
2: it, it actually reminded me of the summer before when i went to bonnaroo, bonnaroo which was also a lot of fun but again that's that's to me more of the difference is just that right now there's responsibilities weighing on me so for example i did go on a trip this summer with my wife and the whole time i mean the plaguing my mind was work and work and what's ha- happening with work and what's going on with businesses there, our, our accounts being taken care of, yada, yada, yada. And, and and I think that with age comes this lack of excitement of the summer, especially when you have to work the entire year because responsibilities weigh on you. Bills are still going to be there whether you have fun or not.
0: See, I, I, I want to take a minute on this and, I'm, and I do want to give you a chance to share yours. But for me, when you started this conversation, you said that the peak dropped off when you started to work. But what I'm starting to realize is it wasn't when you were working during the summer, but I think there was a period when eventually work became something more, right? right? The the weight of work had a certain um, uh, position in your life and an effect on that 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 was then the point. So it's not necessarily work because you can take a break from work. And I think that you know, similar like a delayed gratification type thing. When you have all summer to do anything, it's not going to be as cool to take an adventure because you could have woke up on Tuesday and taken the same adventure you did on Saturday. But when you when you do have something that you're a little more tied down to, and you earn a break and you are able to you know have a, um, a limited time of exploring and, and immaturity and, and, and letting back and, and doing all that and being goofy and all that stuff, right. that to me, that that then um, elevates it, right? In, in your brain and in your memory and in your experience. So that's it, it's just funny that you started with when work started, but I don't think it was when work started. I that's think true. it was when work became a certain, uh, uh, occupied a certain position of your mind, a percentage of your mind.
2: That's very good. That's that's accurate.
0: Okay. Interesting. i Peak summer. A
1: couple of memories come to mind, and I, and I know you'll relate to this. It's like I can see the photos in my mind right now when we look like the prepubescent, uh, <laughs> you know, class of Laguna Beach, basically. Sure. You know, <laughs> we, were, we were all very tan. We all wore like Arapostle highlights, <laughs> highlighted <laughs> hair. Hanging out with chicks that were way cuter than us. Um, so vouched. So I definitely remember that. I have fond memories of that. You know, us all doing things as a huge group. I think that's part of what that allure of summer was, is like, we didn't just hang out with like three of us or five of us. Like, we rolled in like a gang of like 20 people sometimes. Sure. And it was a lot of fun. Um, One memory, and I'm really fuzzy on who was all there for that, but we used to go mudding in a, a, a layer called Falcons Layer, <laughs> quite a layer, s- quite a <laughs> layer. And uh, this is no longer an option. that's fully built out with houses, but back then they were still building a lot. Yeah. Um, one summer, I remember it raining pretty heavily, and we did our mudding thing. And then, for some reason, it started raining, and we decided we'd start like running around in the mud and running and sliding on our chests and like we were all caked in mud and there was probably like eight or nine of us and then like the cops even came. We all just like got down real low and laid in the mud and acted like they couldn't see us when they clearly could. And then we went back into this little area where it was like a, I don't even know what to call it. It was like a pond, but it was hot water. So it's probably like a sewer runoff. Oh, listen to that spam call ruin our podcast.
2: (laughs) You didn't put (laughs) your your son on your,
1: your memories are calling. Right. (laughs) Um, We got in, and it was like super hot water. It was seriously like a hot tub, and uh, I just remember thinking, like, we definitely got some sort of venereal disease just from this water. Yeah. Uh, But it was a blast. And looking back now, we were much more inclined to take risks like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Now I feel like I I live such a safe life. Like run-ins with the police are pretty rare these days. Sure. Um. So is doing spont- spontaneous stuff like that. And I think a lot of that is just that heavy weight of responsibility. And it's like, we have more money than we ever had, but like the kind of friend groups aren't the same anymore. You know what I mean? Like, It's an effort just to put something like this together. Back then, it was like, "What do you mean you're not hanging out with everybody today? Like, what's wrong? Are you sick? Okay, well, I'll come to your house then." (laughs) It was like there's no excuses. Like we all hung out together. So I don't know. It's just a different time, I guess. Sure.
0: Yeah. No, that's I I get that. And so for the audience, because I obviously know. But what what you said, high school. But what age were you at this time? That's
1: a good question. Um, I would say these memories are probably 17 to 18, if I had to guess. Some of this extended into college because a lot of people kept hanging out, at least in the early years of college.
0: But I want to say like 17, to 18 is when we sure.
1: really peaked.
0: I'm curious. One of the things that you talked about was a sense of risk, mm-hmm. right? And, and that adding to the allure um, or the excitement of the activities and, and elevating it um, for you why do you think risk has been eliminated? I understand not being able to hang out in larger groups, right? As you get older, it's harder to make plans with more people. Um, You know, you uh, put risk – you associate risk with run-ins with the cops. And so I could understand why maybe (laughs) you want less of those. But even a a run-in like that doesn't seem – you know, to be much more than a slap on the wrist of you know and trespassing on um, private property, things like that. Yeah. Um. You know, just kind of get into a little bit of trouble. Where Where do you was there a time that you can remember where that shifted, and do you know why that that shift has happened?
1: I think um, it all started when work got more serious, and for me, it was also like the army. I, I think that that took a serious turn on life um and i think when work gets more serious you know or if you're in the military it gets more serious that too um there's a sense of just exhaustion that comes with it Mm. and i definitely relate to that now it's like i definitely have decision fatigue for how many decisions i have to make in a day (laughs) and the number of hours i have to work in a day and it's like To me, coming home after work and then going straight out and jumping into a bunch of mud and playing with my (laughs) friends for a few hours sounds fucking horrible. And it's not that I want to knock like the good times or that I wouldn't probably have a great fucking time if I went. It's just like, all I want to do is lay down. (laughs) All I want to do is sit in my fucking chair, throw back some Weller, maybe watch a show and then pass out early. And it's like mustering up the strength and the energy to do the things I used to do is like a real challenge now. Um, which is probably kind of funny because those are the things that I think would snap me out of it more, and like I'd bring more joy to my life. But it's just like summoning the energy to do it isn't always there.
0: I, I would challenge that thought. I don't I don't know if it would. I think I think that it's, it's an opportunity cost, right? Um, what was the reward? What was the payoff of you know being adventurous and 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 taking risks and doing the mudding and and all that, like what was, you know, why was it worth it? Chicks. Chicks was definitely a factor. Um, I can vouch 100% that most of the time we did stupid things, there were zero chicks. Oh yeah. (laughs) But, but go ahead. I'll I'll accept that answer, but I'm going to explore. Yeah.
1: I was, I was getting to the point after that (laughs) that there's besides chicks, there's just a sense of camaraderie. Um, Just feeling closeness with your friends. Um, I think we have that we still have that spark but we only get to flex it every so often now but when you did it every day like we have a ridiculous amount of inside jokes the three of us but back then holy shit everything was an inside joke constantly like people hang out with us and be like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) you guys make no sense and it's like oh sorry you had to be there right? that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it's just like that bond only grows from being close to each other And like now you can hang out with somebody like, you know, I'm not going to use his real name, but like Austin or something like that or Micah, you know what I mean? Like one of these kind of guys. And it's like sometimes you even struggle to have something to talk about just because you don't see each other every day. You don't know what they're into. You don't know what they're up to. You don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know where they're excelling. You know, you only see them every so often. So there's like a little catch up period. But it's like, what else do we talk about?
0: Yeah, and that's not Austin or Micah. Fake names. Yeah. But that's not Austin or Micah. That's that's in general, Life. right? That's oh, in yeah. general of um, there's studies. I can't quote them. They're probably made up. Well will them. show that constant communication allows for deeper exploration and the longer the gap between the more shallow, the initial conversation everything yes. is. That's why when you have a friend that you can uh, identify or recognize as it's almost like you know yesterday. Like it doesn't, We can go without seeing each other a year and as soon as we get together – it's like we, you know, you can't tell it's been a year. We, we hit it right off, or we're able to get right back to it. We, we, uh, you know, the relationship never changes. That that um ex- that experience is the is the elimination of the need of this this filler, this this up this reestablishing yeah. um, similarities, this reestablishing of uh, position and, and and all these types of things. Um, but I so I, I want to challenge. I think that. I I agree with what you're saying, but I also think we had nothing to lose. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Why why wouldn't we go risk anything? What were we risking? It it wasn't risky back then because what was it going to change? What was going to be the end result if it went bad? It wasn't really going to change the trajectory. There wasn't, (laughs) like if it was a Libra scale, there wasn't anything on the other end. So why not push the boundaries as far as we could when we were young? And I don't think that this is... um, uh, a proof of people shouldn't go after responsibility and, and yeah, having responsibility right. and increasing your responsibility, different type and, of happiness and things like that isn't good. No, I think it is good. I think yeah. you know us being the guys we are today, having wives and families, and we're trying to establish careers, and we have, you know, um, uh, like you said, we have things that weigh on us. We have all these decisions that have to happen. I think that is a good thing long term. I think the reward from that is going to be higher, but. For me, my theory is that the the risk, the adventure, the allure is only possible in the moments when you feel like you're not risking. Right? It has. Yeah. To, there's a ratio that you have to exist in to be able to uh, realize that risk.
1: I agree. Me and that that fictional character Austin. I mean, we quit our jobs. We I quit FedEx to go to Padre just because they wouldn't let me off, and it's like. What did I do when we got back? We got two other shitty jobs and it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> right. Like now if I just quit my job on a whim, everybody would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Benefits, all that PTO you're walking away from, that solid job, like you're right. an idiot for you doing that. You know how
0: that's going to affect your resume? Having right.
1: a gap on there? It's horrible. It's the worst thing ever.
2: Right. One of the things also, not to pat us on the back or anything, but with the risks we took at those younger ages- I I feel confident that we all somewhat feel confident in knowing that we we did we did all right. Like we we experienced a lot of risk. We experienced a lot of experiences in a way that other people might look back and think of man, I wish that uh, I would have done this more. I'd have done this. I I feel that at least with all of our relationships, it's it's you know I lived a pretty full life. I did. Some of the crazy things that other people will never in their life even dream of being able to do. And and they were done. So now it's okay to start the next chapter of life and be ready uh, to prepare for my kids' futures and let them hopefully be in a situation to experience crazy things and not get caught as well. Or get caught and be... Do
0: Do you think the secret to those risks and those experiences is moderation? (laughs) because just think about some of those things that you said some of the the memories that were rolling through your head as you're starting to establish that you've done things that people wouldn't dream of and that you've been out there and done some crazy shit what if you would have kept doing it what if you weren't able to turn down the throttle what if you would have got engulfed in it and and committed to it or uh, prioritized it or or lost priority for other things around it do you think what do you think the trajectory how would the trajectory would have changed
2: I mean, I know enough people that didn't turn the throttle down that either are in jail or have done a couple bouts with it or have died. And so, uh, uh understanding <laughs> that moderation, like you said, being as crucial as it is, I'm, I'm, my quote unquote boring life of laying sod, it, it I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that I lived what I did. And I think moderation is key and understanding the risks that come with it with the more things that happen and the more experiences of maturity in life is what is a benefit. If that makes any sense.
0: Let me ask you this. Neither one of you brought up summer vacations,
2: right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We should hear yours then.
0: As Well, hold on. I'll get there. Okay, But I, I just want to stay on this. Um, With your peak, your peak was never like a summer vacation or a family vacation. And we can, you know, without going into detail, we can say that none of us come from a cookie-cutter family, right? Right. Um, We've all experienced divorce. We've all experienced, um, you know, uh, uh, not what you would see in a a television, uh, maybe a a perfect upbringing. Uh, None of us really came from what we would ever brag of any sort of wealth or anything like that. Um, We're all older um, kids or have you know uh, established parents that like maybe later in life they did better, but definitely when we were born right. th- there wasn't a whole lot going on, right? So those types of um, opportunities didn't exist. Like let me ask you, did you ever go skiing as a kid? No. Right? Yeah. No, I never. Still dream. haven't. I literally to this day have never been skiing. <laughs> have you been
1: skiing? No. I mean, I've been snowboarding. Okay. I-, I went with my fictional friend Micah. He did that kind of stuff growing. Up. Okay. Okay.
0: So so again, not a real name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Lots so you, so you did have an opportunity, but through somebody else. Oh right? yeah, yeah, right. It yeah. wasn't right, and, and so that's what I'm saying. Like so, that's you know, be what it is. That that kind of uh, establishes it. But I'm just curious if so. I look forward to having summer vacations with kids and and being in the hmm. working world. You hear it all the time. Everybody's taking vacations. They're always taking their kids to do things. Is there value in that?
1: I mean. It, it, it's either Disney or they go to college. You can only afford one. <laughs> um, that's my take. Um, I, I think there is value with that. Looking at my childhood, looking at my life in general, I think I, I find more happiness and experience than I do in physical things. Mm. So rather than buying my kids everything they want or giving them a nice brand new car when they turn sixteen, I think I'd rather like travel with them. Mm. My cousin is amazing at this. He takes his kid to like all these different ballparks, and all these different national parks and museums all across the country. And I see it on Instagram. I'm like, that's the way to be a dad. And it's not me seeing him buying all this fancy stuff yeah. and throwing these crazy birthday parties for him or anything like that. It's like, he's spending quality time with his son and going all over the country. And that looks cool to me. And
0: being exposed yeah. to other, other, either, even even if it's part of this little old country called the U S yeah. even being exposed to other parts of the U S and, and learning different cultures and, you know, uh, territories and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Like if you go to the Rockies or something like that, like you're going to, even if you're just going to see a baseball game, they're going to experience nature. You can't drive to the Rocky stadium and go through Denver or fly into Denver and not, you know, see the difference between the landscape of Denver and Dallas. Right. Right. Um, So yeah, no, I agree with that.
2: Um, I, maybe I'm old fashioned or not, but I, one of the things that I would rather have with my kids is not, not that I don't think traveling is great or anything like that, one of the benefits of a lack of travel for me is that in theory in a couple of years or sometime within that, the kids will stay with the grandparents while my wife and I as fictitious as she may or may not be, um, we'll, we'll get to go and travel to Europe, but whenever it's the family vacation, we'll, we'll go to a cabin, uh, on a lake and we'll, we'll spend time camping or something like that, like that to me is more of a I want you to want great vacations that we're going on, but you got to learn to work for it. You got to learn. I, I know too many kids in, in the area that I'm at that uh, have had very affluent upbringings. The value of a dollar means nothing to them. These kids like we all with our very modest upbringings understand, Oh, a, a trip to Disney world. Holy moly. I know how much that costs. That's incredible that those mm-hmm. kids got to go every freaking year. What? Or, or, or skiing or whatever it may be. I want my kids to have this wanting more. I don't want to give them all of their experiences, but I want to give them a taste of, oh, well, here's some pictures of where your mom and I went. Oh, here we are at, at the Vatican. Oh, here we are uh, at Buenos Aires looking at the statue of Jesus. Here,
1: Amsterdam, we- you don't need to know what happened in this picture. No, nothing happened there. There were no pictures. The Dutch are boring. Actually, ones. I gave my camera away to someone
2: <laughs> when something was happening. I don't remember what. Uh, but it, it, and to me, that's more of, one of the things I did love in the upbringing that we had is that there was a camaraderie that, hey, we're we're all in this together. We can't afford a nice trip, but we'll spend time talking or playing games at this very modest camp or this very, I mean, sometimes it was tense, under degree heat that we're all sweating and hating ourselves and everything around us. And so for me, that's more of what I would want is more of the closeness, not necessarily the experience, but then at the same time, the experience, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's good. And I I something's going through my head that I want to say. I think there is more value and there's a difference in going skiing than Disney World. Oh absolutely. Yeah. I just don't want to throw that in the same category. No, no, yeah, yeah. I, I think skiing you will get more of understanding landscape. Um, right. experiencing new areas, different types of things. Like you pain. You're what's up? Pain. Yeah. Lots <laughs> yeah, of pain. Lots of pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where Disney World is, you know, I guess it'd be an exercise of patience. Mm-hmm. Right. You can stand in lines for an hour and a half to two hours.
2: It's but about twenty dollars for a beer.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. But the you know, going skiing, I think, you know, you like you learn to drive in snow. You you get to experience what it's like to be in cold. You mm-hmm. get to see um you, you learn a sport, right? There's mm-hmm. a sport involved. Like you right. said, there's pain, there's skill. Yeah. You're you're building um a skill level, you're learning a new skill, which I think is a very underrated thing for people to have is to push people outside of their comfort zone and to make them learn something new to go through the stages of um, being absolutely awful when you start and four days later seeing the progression that you made knowing no i'm not as good as the guy who lives here i'm I'm not an instructor (laughs) i'm not as good as the guy who comes here every year it doesn't matter what matters is look at where i was three days ago and look at where i'm at now what i've accomplished in focusing on something for only three days right? not giving up Um, you create a bond.
1: What's that? Uh, You create a bond. Mm -hmm. I mean
0: that, that other friend Micah
1: and another one of our fictional friends, Matt, they went to this (laughs) ski resort for literally decades. Their family would go to this and like, they have a bond that we'll never have with them because they went and did that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know many people that are that great at skiing. They're fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, they did shit like skiing down these incredible, you know, incredible slopes without shirts on. And like, it's freezing cold outside, but they did it because it was fun. It's like, <laughs> we'll never know what that's like. I mean, we could, but probably not. Yeah, probably not. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so yeah, I, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share some of mine. I Thank won't you. put you on the spot and not. I wouldn't ask anything from you that I wouldn't ask of you sober. Chlamydia. <laughs> um. So, I uh, yeah, I, I am a sucker for Summer. I absolutely love summer and I can think about um, peak summers and, and peak moments in summer all throughout my, my life. I mean so I, I did I absolutely did not like going on family vacations because I was young and all I wanted to do was hang out with my friends. I didn't I didn't really have an understanding of fam- uh, a value of family. Um, I'm seven years older than my next sibling. So there wasn't anybody my age to be able to like talk about the same interests and things like that. Every, all my siblings were annoying or, you know, like <laughs> we would go somewhere. We would take a trip to, you know, let's say Disney World. I did, I went once. I don't think I had siblings ever. Let's, let's say we went to Six Flags or an amusement park or something. I would get stuck babysitting. Right, yeah. so it's like, well, why the why the fuck would I want to go? Right. I, I'm basically, yeah, I'm basically going to have to kill other people. <laughs> but I look back on those memories, and I really do like them. Like, I just, I, and I think I have a different appreciation being older and understanding the sacrifice that my parents made right. and, and making those types of vacations happen, and the amount of planning and like, you know, like, like, you know, I, so I've been to Disney World as an adult. And um, I think we talked about this on the podcast. Uh, I do it because of how happy it makes my wife. But I know how I feel. Therefore, I know how my dad feels in that situation. And the fact that he would, number one, put X amount of resources, mm. both fiscally and of with his time, right. into this experience in which I know pained him just to give me the the child experience of it and to see me experience You know these rides and these characters and all this types of stuff. Like, like to me, I have an appreciation for that. Looking back now, so though I was probably a complete ass and like (laughs) hated it and you know was just awful about it, there those are great times. Transition into middle school and high school. (laughs) I mean, dude, I was latchkey kid. My mom worked all day. I would wake up in the morning, sometimes shower. I was out of my house by eight a.m., nine a.m., and gone all day. Yeah. Always at friends' houses, all just skateboarding everywhere, riding bikes. We would hang out at schools, at people's houses, convenience stores, playgrounds, like it didn't matter. A- anywhere but home, right? That yep. was the motto. Mm-hmm. Anywhere but home. Um, so just just doing that every day, just having that feeling of there was no school, there was nothing to hold us back. It was what I valued most in life was the time with my friends, you know, and, and so being able to have basically an unrestricted amount of it. I couldn't get too much. Like yeah. th- there's no such thing. This, you had all the sleepovers during the week <laughs> and you know, you just, you got
1: there. to be bored.
0: Yeah. I can't yeah. remember the last time I was bored. Right. I don't have time to be bored. Right. Right. So yeah, that was great. i um, high school. I mean, Iowa, you covered a little bit. We ran a lot of the same crowds, did a lot of the same things and, um, just, you know, going on these adventures of You know, climbing on top of portables at elementary schools and um, fucking all, most of our friends were lifeguards, right? So, like, going to the different uh, pools and hanging out with them afterwards and, uh, you know, going to, not a real name, going to Austin's house and (laughs) fucking playing Counter Strike for three hours. Like, who would have known? I mean, I wouldn't, you wouldn't even be playing for that long. You would be watching somebody else play Counter Strike for three hours. And it was amazing just because that camaraderie. And I don't think that existed during the school year. Um, because yeah, that level. again, because there was this sense of responsibility, there was this opportunity cost, there was these, mm. these rules, there were other things that, that came in and you were sacrificing other things. And so summer, even as an adult now with working and everything like that, I, I, I always look forward to summer. Again, I, I do love the heat. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just love the, the summer vibes. I like driving with the windows down listening to reggae like i just i I like the way that it makes me feel the types of hangout sessions and um get togethers you know being able to stay out on the porch till you know midnight with the radio on and just having deep conversation over scotch and things like that like those are – which we'll be doing Labor Day weekend. The, those types of things are what happen. I feel like, in, in summer more than others. Not that you can't get it there, but yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big summer guy. I agree with everything you guys have said. It definitely doesn't have the same appeal as when I was a kid. But like even, you know, even right now, as summer comes to a close, I, I start to – and I love football.
2: Amen to that. Oh
0: my God, I love football. I love fall. I don't mind it getting a little cooler and wearing hoodies, but I like, I, I could yeah. have summer. I'm a
1: big soccer fan too.
0: <laughs> I could have summer all the time.
2: I so. want to also, just for our millions of viewers – we're not saying that the responsibilities that we have now and the lives that we have now are, are anything that we would want to give up because obviously we, we love the lives that we have with our with our spouses and the lives that we – and the responsibility that comes with it is something that <laughs> – we'll make jokes about, oh my gosh, the old ball and chain has me doing this. Uh, But truthfully, in that, there's the security of someone who knows us more intimately and with the responsibility of the job, knowing that we're able to provide for our families long term, specifically, again, with our, we'll say, modest upbringings, setting the legacy of being able to provide for them that they can have all the things or at least the opportunities for things that we never had. I do want to always caveat that because it's, well, if if all of those good old days with lots of risks and stuff were so great, why don't you just give up everything and go do it now? Well, there is. And also, I think that if we were living that life of risk and or adventure, it'd get old for a season. I mean, we remember those days and we think of all the good glory times. The terrify, I, I've got a couple friends that are recently broken up or something, like even recently divorced, and are trying to figure out how to date and stuff again, and trying to figure out life without a spouse. Like, oh, I don't miss those days. I don't miss the waking up uh, at ten o'clock with a hangover for I don't even remember why.
1: Yeah, can
2: you imagine dating
1: these these days? No, you it terrifies me. The, like,
2: yeah.
0: Well, you're not going to find a sense. I mean, as stupid as this sounds, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we're we're going to sound like total dads right now. But <laughs> the sense of accomplishment you get of laying new sod and improving <laughs> in your backyard, you're not finding that when you're in high school. You're Ain't not, that the truth. You're finding, you're maybe finding that hooking up with a chick that you've been eyeballing all summer and finding <laughs> the balls to fucking make out of there. I wouldn't know what that's like, but I've seen it in movies. <laughs> so, I mean, you, maybe you get a glimpse of that, but you're not going to get that sense of accomplishment, that sense of satisfaction, right. that sense, like, th- there's a lot that comes with it. So, yes, I yeah. absolutely agree. I mean, when's the last time you took off time from work and were at home? Like, I know this may sound crazy. When's the last time you were homesick? Right. Didn't that drive you fucking crazy? Like I I, I mean, I, I like, will bitch about work and the responsibility, but every, like, you know, give me a week vacation. And by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, I'd I, like to get back I, to work. Right. There's some stuff I'd like to get done right, right. now. Because with that ass whipping, there's a, that, that, that sense of right. accomplishment and, and something that you're striving for. And you're making progress and you're... You're pushing something bigger than you forward, right? right? Even, even if you're the boss, even if you own the company, even right. if it's your thing, you're pushing something bigger, right? right. We're not; we're all slaves to the machine.
1: Sisyphus. <laughs> <So, laughs>
0: what What you're doing is you're 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 going for the greater good. You're you're part of something that's bigger than you, and you're contributing. And there's something to be said for that. So, absolutely.
2: How's that for a light roast? Forty
0: minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here, here's what I want to jump into. Obviously, summers do come to an end right and maybe not now and unless you have kids but normally what that's followed up by is a, a transition back into the school system which is um, what three-fourths of the year two-thirds of the year and 184 days yeah something you know obscure like that and <laughs> so I just I kind of want to transition that I want to talk about education for a little bit and kind of in the same light that we, we spoke about summer, I want to start with just recounts of what what was your what was your experience with education growing up what what did you see what did you like what kind of effect what you know um, just kind of give me the whole gambit yeah so
1: I'd like to point out the fact that we skipped a topic uh, and it's entitled how hard is it to pull off a heist that was sandwiched between summer vacations and education system very excited to talk about that. I definitely don't want to glaze over that.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna put that in a different episode. Yeah, I was gonna go in there, recycle it, so that we stayed on our times. Yeah. But if you want to go into it, I'm down. Let's skip it. (laughs) 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 I would. I promise you, that's one of my favorite topics, which is why I didn't want to try to. Yeah, you don't. You don't rush something like
2: that. You got to wine and dine it. I I get you
1: guys are married. You gotta get home soon. So I mean, definitely don't want to drag this out any longer. All right,
2: all right. I'll ask you then. How hard is it, Iowa? That's cool. We'll so here. hard.
0: <laughs> hard enough for a 23-year-old twice.
1: <laughs> Set myself up for both of those, actually.
0: Yeah, I
1: deserve
2: that. We want to hear about your education.
1: Education, huh?
2: <laughs> you raised your hand. You rang Why the bell. i want
1: to talk about heists. <laughs>
2: How did True, you heist? Real
1: talk, I, like, I don't, we'll probably never talk about the whole heist thing. <laughs> 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 but my analogy for it, I think, is pretty spot on. And it's that... I went to research this, and I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to Google (laughs) how hard is it to pull off a heist or how to pull off a heist. You'll be on a list. Because then I'm on a list. (laughs) And then if I ever do try to pull off a heist, they'll be like, nah, he Googled it. He was trying to figure it out. The
0: the only reason people don't want to be put on a list is if they think they may actually do it one day. (laughs) Looking at you, Schindler. So (laughs) I think
1: that's the final answer is like, this is the world that we've come to now. Is like, I can't even look up how to properly pull off a heist without being worried that I'm going to listen and they're going to figure it have out. Have you seen the Italian job?
0: I 100% we will cover How Hard Is pull the Heist because that's the one topic that I have a lot to bring. But...
2: Italian so job. It now, Italian I job. I
0: don't mind getting into it, but don't don't skate over that for the audience, for them to be like... Because we have a lot of listeners. I don't want... <laughs> I don't want them to think, oh man, they're never going to cover that one. Then, like, write a bunch of emails that like they normally do, Caleb, and uh, and do that. We, I promise you, will do it. Not next week, but we will. This is for the audience. We will talk about um, how hard we think it is to pull off a heist, and we may even give some suggestions, um, <laughs> real life listeners. examples. But let's let's go back to education, right? Let's try to let's <laughs> try to keep the form here. Plus, I had a money transition.
2: Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Get like it? a no, fucking no.
0: pro. Yeah. You yeah. had
2: it in the bank. That was pretty
1: good. Nice. I'm glad I ruined that. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ruin anything. I didn't keep talking about it.
1: What, what was the question you asked me?
0: It
2: was set up beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> yes or no?
1: The myth of syphilis. C- <laughs> yeah. Right? right. Curable That's
2: the female <laughs> orgasm. You guys get it, right? You guys are
1: with me? So seriously, that was the question again?
2: The female orgasm is the myth. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, read a it's book. Not, it's not everyone about should it. know that. I was. It was Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the question was similar to the lines of, uh, "What was your education experience? What were some things that you realized? But may, may be teachers, subjects, or whatever. We were talking about how summer was fantastic, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, all good things must come to an end. And so there was this. Period where we realized school was an imminent approach, imminently approaching, and um, what were some experiences that you had with schools? And that was pretty much just a free pass to say whatever you want. You chose heists. Gosh,
1: again, I mean, you and I talk about this. this is such a vague topic. I feel like there's literally so many ways I could go with this.
2: Which one do you feel most? I
1: don't know. Like. I feel the, the need to go biographical with it and be like, all right, well, this is where I started with elementary school and then moved through middle school and high school and then Dude. talk about how I dropped out and then I went to college and all that shit.
2: The American dream.
1: I yeah. like it. But I don't know if that's entertaining. That's the, the whole goal of the podcast, right? Is to entertain?
2: Yeah. I thought the whole idea of this podcast was just so we could you yeah. know, sit together, talk, put big black shaped things near our faces and talk about that. stuff till we get. I
1: haven't even really been putting these on the internet. I don't think anybody can actually hear us. Thank so goodness that we got that going for us. No,
2: no, no, we should keep that going um, for us.
1: As I grow older, I remember less and less elementary school for me is a fucking blur. Um, I think we learn so little from peace. So like, I remember not so much of the good stuff. I remember the bad stuff or the shit that I got in trouble for. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any lessons I learned in elementary school. Um, trust was something. Like if you told anybody anything, they're going to tell somebody else. Like you can't trust anybody. Like if you don't want something to be known, you just don't tell people. I think I learned that from a young age. Um, who you hang out with, who you sit with matters way more when you're younger. Y- you can't be the weird one. Like you have to, you have to try to fit in. Um, and now I think
0: that, I think that exists today. Perception is reality. People who are trying to, um, get promotions at work and stuff like that. It's like, you have to, you have to think about how you're perceived at work, right? It's a reality, whether it should be or shouldn't. That's, that's a thing. Like it, the, the, it's shift, the momentum has shifted a little bit. It's not so much about being cool as much as it is about being uh, productive, efficient, and and drinking the Kool-Aid. But that's, you know, that's a real thing. I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. I don't know. You're good. Uh, And I think to add a layer to that, that we had an advantage with, or maybe, I mean, we kind of caught the the beginning of it, I should say, is that nowadays you can get away with being weird more than you could back then. Mm. And what I mean by that is nowadays, there's so many ways for you to find your people. You know, we grew up when the internet was just really taking off. I mean, we remember everything from dial-up to screens that would load like a little section at a time. And zero. And I don't think, you know, as children, we ever really fully embraced like the online forums, the blog posts, the, you know, gatherings of people like the Reddits and the Facebooks. Like we kind of got it a little bit, but it was mostly just for our little circle of friends. That's the only people we talked to. But nowadays, you could be a complete weirdo in about anything and find 10,000 people that are exactly <laughs> like you on forums or on gaming systems or, you know, whatever your poison is that so you can find it. So I think back then there was definitely a greater need to fit in, um, which is a skill, yeah. a skill that I feel like is lost on, you know, newer generations, fresher generations, younger, younger generations. Um, you know, I think to some degree,
0: would you, would you call it social aptitude? Is that our Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we, we were forced to just make do with what we had, mm-hmm. you know, we, we just kind of, we, I mean, we had video games since we were little kids and we, we kind of dabbled closer to high school and college into like the counter strikes that we're talking about, like the online gaming and we had the land that was fast enough for it, but that was way late. Right. You know, everything else was just us playing. Like, like how many controllers do you fucking have? Okay, that's what we have to do today. Um, so I think that's definitely something that was different about our childhoods. And it was well, also on, something that we learned. Let's stay there for a minute. So, yeah.
0: so, so what did you learn? Like, what's, what, what is social aptitude? What, what are the skills behind it? What's the, what, what, what did you have to exercise to, to do that? Or what did the, um, being forced into that, what, what did you gain?
1: Restraint. I think um, the kids that were more excited, the kids that were genuinely passionate, the kids that were that exposed too much of their true self, um, were the ones that got picked on. Mm -hmm. It was the ones that were, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The two cool ones, the ones that just kind of rolled with everybody, what everybody else thought. You know, if there was a leader of your group or a couple of cool people, you're like, "I'm going to do whatever they're doing," and it's like, I think we all kind of went through phases of getting in and out of that a little bit. I know I did. You know, there were times in my life where I was definitely the cool kid or I hung out with the cool crowd. And there was definitely times in my life where I was not, um, where I try to take my own path. And in college, that's fine. You can find those like-minded people like you. Um, you're starting to venture out and you realize there's more to this than just, you know, your social status. But when you're young, that social status is kind of everything. Mm. Um, if you had a bigger family, you could also get away with not having to deal with that as much because, you know, unlike, you know, some people, my family was pretty big. I've, I have five brothers. Like that's a lot. Mm. Um, it's a lot that's testosterone. So it's like, even if, you know, we weren't getting along with people at school, we still had each other to hang out with and entertain ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I think that holding back restraint was definitely part of it. I think um, – trying to think if there's anything else. I keep coming back to elementary school. I'm not thinking so much about middle and high school right now. That's fine. Yeah. Um, i trying to think if there's anything there at a younger age that I learned more. Can I ask but, a question?
2: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you talk about is specifically the weird ones, how they were the ones kind of picked on and stuff like that. And then the cool ones are the ones that people kind of, cool ones, I say that with air quotes, people gravitated towards, is that necessarily a bad thing?
1: To conform and to follow the leader? Correct. Um, To some extent, yes. To some extent, no. I think um, it kind of depends on what your goals are. You know, if I had a kid now, I'd probably pray for the weird one. I'd want the weird one. I'd want the one that carves their own path and doesn't feel like they need to fit in. Why? I'm literally explaining that right now. Tell me why. why? (laughs) Because they're going to be more creative. They're not going to put undue pressure on themselves to fit into this box. They're going to focus those efforts on things that are more important. Not just more important to society, but to themselves. You know, I I wasted a lot of time chasing people and trying to keep up with people when I was younger, and to make sure that I didn't lose the coolness that I had at times. And looking back, it's like if I would have just done my own thing, I probably would have been way happier. There was a lot of undue stress that came with mm-hmm. keeping up with it, and then it turns into adulthood. You know, keeping up with the Joneses is very a very real thing. Right. You know, there are people that fucking cry because you know you got a nicer house than them or you got a nicer car than them or you had babies and they couldn't like there's all these things that we compare each other to and it it, it stems from childhood. It's right. that need to want to fit in and to check the boxes just like everybody else. And there's an enlightened place that you get to as an adult where you realize like it doesn't fucking matter. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And if mm. you can realize that younger, you're gonna be happier for it, which is I think why I say, I would pray for a weirder kid. Even if it means they had some tough times, they got picked on a little bit here and there, I think they're going to be a more well-rounded adult for it. But there are skills to be learned from fitting in with the pack and rolling with the crowd and being the cool kid. I just, I don't know. I think I relate more now to being like, I kind of wish I would have taken my own path at times. All
0: right. Let's transition to Hasley, but let's stick with social.
2: Oh, I, I was, I, yeah. that's, that was actually going to be one of the biggest aspects of cool. education. I cool. was gonna Go use. For it. I'm sorry. Go for I, it. No, no. I did have one question though. So you mentioned, um, today's society, people have like the weirdos you can get online and you're like, Oh, well there's like 10,000 people just like me. And, and one of the reasons why I would say it's a double-edged sword with the slope you're sliding down using a skiing reference, if I may, um, that's where you have people like 8chan and some of the white supremacists that are quote unquote misfits that are just trying to find a place that is in there. And had they been able to pick up on social cues of others that, Hey, no, no. Um, race is not something you should judge someone by. I listen to people forever <laughs> saying the equality of man and not judging on their skin, but of their character and things like that. So I'm, what, uh, when you say a weird kid, I'm curious, could you could you dive a little more into that? Because as someone who was a weird kid, picked on a lot, all those kind of things like that, I don't want that for my kids. I would rather them conform more because it is a much harder lifestyle.
1: Um, I love my brother. I'm not going to say which one is which. I have a lot of brothers. Um, he is taking a different path in his life right now. Um, and I'm talking about the people around him in the environment that he grows up in is very different than I think a lot of the kids that grow up around here in this area. Mm. You know, most of his friends are into drugs. They're very heavy drinkers. Um, There's not a lot to do where he lives. And instead of falling into that trap and taking a path that I think would lead to kind of things you talked about earlier, arrest, death, death, Um, addiction, you know, just general downward spiraling shit. He was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I have other friends, I have other hobbies, I have other passions. And even if because I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere, I can still tap into that. Mm-hmm. He spends a lot of his time gaming. He spends a lot of his time, you know, watching anime and talking with people in forums about the anime that he's into. Things that, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do when we were young. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there'd be nobody to talk to about that weird shit that nobody else fucking knows about when (laughs) you live in that fucking state. You know what I mean? And it's like, now they had that option. And I'm fucking proud of it. Like, I love him to death. I love that he fucking chose that path. Because I know, the reason I fucking left Iowa is because of that. Is because most of the people I knew were going down that other path. And he didn't have to, and he and I love him. Like I, I used to think all the time. I need to get them the hell out of there. I need he, he needs to come to Texas. There's way more opportunity. But if it makes him happy to stay there and he can find like-minded people and he's not getting into that kind of
0: shit,
2: more power to him. That's great. No, I I didn't even think of it in that perspective. So that was that was touche. No, that yeah. that, that makes a lot more sense because in that, I think media as a whole type, tends to put a spotlight on the bad aspects of the social media and those who are socially aloof. But I I didn't think of oh wait th- 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 wait there's millions of people that are able to find like minded that are using it in a constructive way and, and could be their only uh, escape from reality of like, crap relationship in the home life of parents whatever you have that and bullying having, at school yeah. yeah yep so that that makes a lot more sense so uh, thank you very much for clarifying on that Absolutely. for me because that 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 actually transitions into uh, what my biggest aspects of the, I'm going to stay on the social, uh, the social aspects of public education, specifically as it pertains to elementary school, but obviously it transgresses further uh, even into uh, higher education and things like that Um, with elementary school. It's uh, public education is weird. Being a, a human is weird, but it, it's, it's a lot weirder slash harder for the, uh, social outcasts, if you will. Also when the family life is crazy, i.e. a divorce or something like that. And there's, uh, emotional instability within the home. You, you, it's really hard to have a social life in, uh, any sort of public education. And then when you move different schools because of you switching different parents and all that kind of stuff, it definitely, uh, it adds to a very complicated lifestyle to being able to learn social cues and being able to pick up on what is the social norm. And that's why for me, public education is such a great thing. I've I've often uh, pondered on the idea of, do I want my kids to go into private school where they're going to have better education? They're not going to have teachers who have to yield to essentially the lowest performing students uh, and catering lesson plans to Uh, the middle or the lowers and leaving the hires out. Not that I would be so fortunate as to have higher level students uh, in a class, but I, I, I keep going back and forth on all these things. But one of the things to me that is the most beneficial aspect of a public education is these social cues is this understanding of, like you said, the keeping up with the Joneses that transitions into adulthood. That's not something that goes away. That being cool, trying to fit in is something that, Uh, adults much older than us, even though unfortunately we're in that adults category now, uh, that that's something that doesn't stop. I know too many people well off into their sixties and seventies that should be way over this still trying to keep up with the Joneses. And and if you go down that lifestyle and you go down that, I'm trying to compare myself to everyone else, you're going to find out that there's always going to be someone better than you. And, And, but at the same time, If you spend your entire life in a bubble and you spend your entire life, uh, and I don't want to make fun of homeschool people, but how many normal homeschool people do do you know?
0: I know a couple. I'm not uh, saying
2: I don't know a couple, but how many? Three?
0: There's a stigma. To to me, I've met more than I feel like are are normal.
2: At Magic of the Gathering contests, I know, but most people don't go to those.
0: Yeah. But then again, who am I the person to do that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, I kid. But at the same time, like that that to me is the social aspect of it. It's its almost like a, a primitive mindset. We go back uh, years of evolution, if you will, and okay, well, how am I going to fit in? What do I do to be alpha or be top dog? What can I do to uh, show off in front of the girls? We learn how to do that. We learn what is acceptable with a broad... Uh, swath of the population versus staying in our little caves and trying to figure it out that way, getting into a job. I mean, I'm sure we've all worked next to someone. Typically it's next to someone because we have bad luck who is just, I, I don't know. I, I would say so- social inbreeding is almost the only way to define how far off these people are from what would be considered norm And not just the way that they speak and their mannerisms, but their overall worldview. And, and that's one of the things that I don't want anyone, specifically of my children, not that we would be able to fix our children, if you will, or put them in a cookie cutter mold the way that we could have them. Cause, yeah. But at the same time, without having a, a social structure to guide us to learn what is acceptable uh, in a social norm versus what we think is acceptable in a social norm, that aspect is something that you – it's priceless, in my opinion, of having all of these different people, all of these different backgrounds in a sense that now in our age, well outside of education, we don't see it unless we go to an airport or a public amusement park. Okay.
0: Well, let me ask you this because I, 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 I'm i following you, but I have some questions. It sounds to me that, you're, that there's one of the points the assumptions that are um, embedded within what you're talking about is that you think if they're at private school, that there's not a struggle for alpha and alpha, or there's not a push to understand social acceptance.
2: You're at, thank you so much for always being ADHD always kicks in. I'm not saying that there aren't struggles with that in a private school or in a charter school or things like that. Uh, I think, however, when you go to a public school, I'm sorry, a private school or a charter school or something along those kind of lines, um, I mean, essentially, there's, I don't know, a scrutiny. There's, there's a way that you eliminate certain people because there are barriers to it's a
1: different dynamic. Exactly. There's, there's definitely well, still so, social aspects of it. So yeah. that's,
0: so that's what I want to focus on. For me, you you focused on alpha and and social construct and, and having and learning social cues and what fits. But I think what you didn't maybe cover or talk about as much is that what you' what you lose is the, maybe the bracket below.
2: Thank you. right that, that, like what, 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 <laughs> So
0: you you still have those types of things, but it's in a, smaller pool of people right. in which you don't get the full experience or the full spectrum.
2: Exactly. Right.
0: You don't get the highest of highs, the lowest of lows when you're talking about maybe like a socioeconomical economical background, or you don't get the most extremes in both um, uh, healthy uh, uh, home upbringing and right. unhealthy. And by unhealthy, I mean, like um, not being able to eat dinner every right. night and, and things like that, and so I just kind of wanted to point that out. I, I agree with you; right. I, I'm on the same page. But I just wanted to kind of bring that
2: up. Oh no, that's that's. I'm so glad you brought that up because that I I didn't necessarily mean the alpha because you're right. There's the socioeconomic part of it that can also be something that's not necessarily limited to public education. So take for example uh, Marcus High School in Flower Mound. The median income of people that go there uh, of the household, if you will, is like 150 or 180 grand. Uh, the school that we went to, who shall not be named, uh, not that because there's any reason of it, but the median income of household in the zip codes that fed into Horn High School were uh 43,000, I believe. And so we went from whoa, those so. I'll, I'll give you an example. Me right now, specifically in the position that I'm in, I'm, I, I have to meet a diverse group of people from all sorts of various backgrounds. Um, I can go and speak to someone who, uh, lives in a trailer because I lived in a trailer and, and I had friends who lived in a trailer who grew up in a trailer. It's, it's not something that's uncommon to me. It's not a foreign thing. However, I have family who, um, if they were to meet someone who lived in a trailer or someone who was a smoker or something along those lines, which is, at least in my opinion, some of the common aspects of those that are impoverished, not that they all are, not that it's limited to, they wouldn't know what to do. And then most importantly, they would look at them as inferior beings.
0: Yeah. I I just want to highlight one thing real quick. I think any of anyone can talk to them, how they talk. That's fair. Thank you. How they view them, how they interact, a level of empathy that you'll bring to that conversation because of the background,
2: but I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that, 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 thank you very much for the clarity on that. Cause that's, that's absolutely true. And and as someone who grew up with modest means, I can tell when someone's looking down on me. I'm not an idiot, even though they might think I am. Even though they might look at me as less of a person. Yeah, You don't know who I am. You don't know nothing about me. And you think that I don't know who you are, that you're talking down to me. I want to punch you in the face. Yeah, I'm Sorry, inbreeding comes out. <laughs> Again, but uh, no, that, that's one of the things that in a public education system or in a situation where you're introduced to a lot of diverse people from a social aspect, I think it's the only way we can see the best and the worst of humanity and seeing it all come in and then figure out where we want to line up on the spectrum as far as inclusivity and or exclusivity as in who we run around with, who we want to run around with later, who in our life is actually going to benefit us, not just with their presence or someone that we can, I don't know, leech off of, but more so someone who's going to push us to be the best us that we can be. And through those experiences and through the lots of people that can be in the public education system, the, the, the variety of it all, that to me is is, is a priceless commodity.
0: Sure. and I think a child never knows to ask the questions if they're not exposed to it right so how are they um, expected to learn about um, very less fortunate or you know very uh, not well- off families different or, religions um, different yeah, exactly different religions different cultures charity things like yeah. that if if they're not exposed to it at some point so yeah I, I definitely think we all agree on that I'm curious if you had to pick, Two or three qualities, right? Or values that you want your children to learn through their let's just limit it to primary school experience, right? Within this social, 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 social experience experience and and, (laughs) and learning. What are some of the values that you would rank the highest that you would hope that your kids came out
1: with? Empathy. Mm. Mm. I think that's number one. I think you need to understand that everyone has a different background. You have to try to put yourself in other people's shoes. Almost every single time, if you disagree with somebody, it's just because you don't understand the way that they were raised and all the different things that went into how they view the world. And a lot of times they're justified for how they were brought up. I mean, I can hate somebody all day long for being a racist, but at the same time, I don't know what I would be if I would grew up in their house with their parents going through the same circumstances they did and not having somebody like myself, maybe educate them on why that's an ignorant point of view and I'm not justifying racism in any means, but I'm using that as an example. It's like, I think we were blessed going to the high school that we went to because it wasn't a private school. You know, we got to see the best of, of both sides. In my opinion, it wasn't like we were in the South side of Baltimore. Right. You know, we got kind of a mid grade. We had a fucking, cat core and a stomp team. <laughs> we had a football team and we had like mathletes. Like we had everything. Right. And we got to see point of views that were completely different from ours and it was great.
0: Another aspect of empathy I think that isn't talked about enough is you learn that everybody has something to contribute. Amen. Right? Or you can learn something from anyone. Right? Yes. And I think that that would be uh, engulfed in empathy as well. 100% what else
2: did you want to share your aspects on the uh, education system first before we go into specific (laughs) traits
0: you're so good about making sure that I get my words in. I don't mind if I don't get my words in if the conversation flows and values coming out this this podcast is bigger than me but I appreciate you and and sure I don't mind sharing real quick before we please do
2: thank you
0: um yeah, I was in a very similar situation, which I'm sure from our uh, <laughs> viewers is thousands uh, of them. Not, yeah, not not what they want to hear is <laughs> oh yeah, we are we all have a very typical background, which we really don't, to be honest. Right. Um, you know, I, I would say that I came from a modest background. I did not come from as modest background as Hasby, right? So I I don't know what it's like to live in a trailer. Do I have family members that were raised in trailers? If I spent. You know the night in trailers with with, with friends and, and family and things like that. Have I been around? It? Have I done Christmas Eve parties in trailers? One hundred percent. So it's I'm not I, I'm not foreign to a trailer, but I don't have that same upbringing. So there's a difference there. For Iowa, I would I never lived somewhere like Iowa that was was a little more rural, right? That that didn't have all this. I mean, I'm, I'm a Dallas kid. I've been in Dallas my whole life, and so you know, not having a big city, not having you know, thousands and thousands of cars everywhere, and, and things at your fingertips like um, amusement parks, museums, and and I mean, you know, fairly world class. Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's always going to be something bigger and better. But when you compare it to the majority, right, especially right. The, the rural areas, then you know those types of things. So I, I, you know, I, I we do have different backgrounds, but similarity in a way of I, I wasn't a cool kid uh, growing up, and this isn't a. A soapbox to stand on to say, but I, I agree with Iowa and one of the things he said, which was learning how to fit in. And if, and I, and I think that's one of my biggest strengths. Um, and, and if I may take a second to, to self reflect, would be what I think I bring to the table, right, in a conversation. Um, in a a social setting, social situation is a a certain level of charisma, right? Which is a a performance, um, part performance, part um, focus, right? Because normally charisma is accepted into the other is feeling important. And so you figure out a way to adapt into any type of conversation or social circle you're talking to. So um, where I wasn't a cool kid, I was cool with the cool kids, mm-hmm. right? So I could go from a renaissance math class where I was a grade above me and talking shop about theoretical algebra with the, the nerds where the next you know class I could go to regular English because I never mm-hmm. was gifted at writing. Um, which I think is opinion based and stupid, but um, <laughs> I, I was never good at grammar, and that is not that is scientific. You did acadeca, right? I did do academic decathlon, yeah, and so I could transition into something that was more you know regular. Class and, and not be perceived as someone who thought he was have higher status. Mm-hmm. I could have the same level of conversation, the same interest, the same empathy mm-hmm. um, to these types of, and, and, and and that's what I think is, is great is exposure and acceptance and understanding. And for me, it was all a survival, right? I was right. a small kid. I wasn't super attractive. I was very, very unrealistically fearful of getting beat up. Was never in a fight in my entire life. Debatable, and and until I challenged Hasley to a boxing <laughs> match uh, to to prove to myself that I wasn't fragile because I had been through my whole life. i being been in a fight. I mean, I, I not that there weren't situations where people would be pissed off at me or would to hit me, but I could find a way to connect. Right, I would find a way to make them laugh. That was always my my go to. Was it was a level of comedy, a level of, of sense of humor, self deprivation. Right, if you thought I was. Uh, uh, an, an idiot or a nerd I could play it up I could be like you have no idea check out how nerdy this is <laughs> I
2: play magic right
0: and they're kind of like oh well oh fuck I mean, that's kind of funny like, that's, that's a better joke than I could think of you know? I, mean, I can attest to that <laughs> and so I, I yeah. feel like I had a lot of those situations um, I will say this with that ability with that skill whether it be born or learn practice uh, you know wh- whatever it is a sense of value that I have with it I enjoyed my childhood and my education. I had very few teachers that I didn't love, right, and that didn't love me. Um, I'm one of the few people who said I loved elementary, I loved middle school, and I loved high school. Did I have moments of anxiety, moments of sadness, uh, crying myself to sleep, or being so nervous about going to school and being picked on, stuff like that? Fuck yeah, of course. But I think a lot of people have that. I think even the people that we think are cool have that, right? Right. Maybe the reason they became cool is because they had these older brothers that fucking pick on them so much that they actually learn what cool is and are able to establish cool at the school because they fucking see it from somebody else that thinks that they're not cool. So they embody this level of cool from somebody. So it's like, you know, again, you never know what someone's background is. Um, I think a lot of people experience that. I don't think that's, I don't think I'm... You know, unique in that, or, right. or that—that's something that I, oh, I suffered through, and I, I think it's an experience most people go through. What I think I got was the bounce back, right—the ability to persevere, the ability mm-hmm. to keep going, yeah. and the ability to find value and 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 become friends and 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 have people and surround myself with people that I thought were good and and bring something to that relationship. So that's my experience. Um, I am pro public school uh, as okay. well, and 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 big on that, but let's transition back because I'm curious to know more about what are the values that you're looking for unless you have any questions.
1: Before you jump into that, I do want to circle back on something I said and it's this idea of how I would hope that my kid is weird and not cool. Okay. And would you describe yourself as one of the cool kids growing up, Brian? (laughs) No. And I think that the two of you are amongst the coolest if not the coolest people that I know. And I'm not just saying that because y'all are my best friends. It's like
0: Or because we're contractually in a podcast for the next year, or
1: that, or because you're in the room right now. (laughs) Uh, But like, I feel like for the most part, for most people that I know, the people that were unusual, the people that weren't in the cool crowd, became more well-rounded adults, and the people that were like super popular and super cool, kind of fell off, right, in not a good way. They peaked. They did. And I don't even have to name names. Like You guys can think about them in your heads right now and think about where the fuck they're at. And it's like, I still would opt for the weirdness. I still would, or the unusualness, or the not coolness, or whatever. And there are people like myself that towed the line, I think. I don't think I was ever part of the super cool status. And it's like, I wish I would have went my own path more often, because then I could be more well-rounded. So. Don't know what the point of that is, but I definitely want to say my piece there. We,
2: we accept you. Yeah. As the nerds, we yeah. accept Thank, Thank you. Kinky yeah. <laughs> No, I, One of the things about that, though, is uh, I'm not going to try to speak for Alex, but at the same time, for me, it was the, okay, well, I'm getting picked on for this. Let me think of some ways that I can maybe not get picked on. Oh, that didn't work. They picked on me more. Okay, well, let me try this now. And, oh, okay, well, this didn't work. Okay, let me try this. Let me try this. And it was the constant failure about it that I think, but also- this desire to be better, this desire of, uh, of uh, it was almost an intrinsic kind of don't thing. Of, I want to be, yes, don't give up, never give up, never give up too. I didn't see it, but I thought it was all right from the previews. Yeah.
0: Hold on, real quick. I don't want to cut you off. Let, let's take a shift. We'll, we'll pause the values. Big question.
2: Do you want your kid
0: to be bullied? I do. Do you want your kid to experience bullying? And if you do, at what level? Uh,
2: not to the level I was, but a step below. Blood. Can I
0: can I ask why not? You mean why? No, I, w- why not the level that you were bullied?
2: Oh, so the level I was bullied was—that's uh, a good fair. Okay, touche. Uh, the level I was bullied was I, there was some parts where I was legitimately fearful. Uh, going to school was something I was—I was fearful of my safety. I was fearful of. I had no idea what was going to happen, getting shoved into lockers, getting beaten up. Fortunately for me, you might not know this now, but I was—I I grew six inches in one summer, and that helped a lot. Prior to that, I was –
0: Good
2: for you. It, 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 it hurt. hurt growing tangent. That was up. all girth. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the, the fear for safety, the aspect of someone's going to hit me, and I don't know who it's going to be, and I know they're going to be bigger than me that type of intimidation is something I wouldn't wish on anybody. Yeah. A step below of find out who you are. Find out, you know, you can take a bloody lip. You can take a bloody nose. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it might hurt. Yeah, you might get made fun of. You can rebound from this. You You
1: realize you're not made of glass.
2: Exactly. That to me is something that is a benefit that only in a situation when you're bullied, are you able to cope with it when it happens as an adult versus doing it in an unpositive way where I think people in these bubbles, and I'm not going to get onto it too much of a tangent, but people that are doing shooting sprees and stuff like that now, I don't think they were bullied right. I think that they took it as a internal kind of thing and they didn't learn that you can be better than that. You can just because someone's picking on you, it's just high school. And you can learn so much from these aspects that you don't have to be crazy about it. You make it constructive. You get to, you can't control what other people do to you. You can always control how you react to that though. And and those kind of building opportunities. And I mean, I want to have those conversations with the kids. There are hopefully my sons. I hope, I mean, I know girls are probably more vicious than guys. So I praying for sons. Uh, but that's the kind of thing of, yeah, man, it sucks. Some people are jerks. Yeah. What are you going to do to not be a jerk? So that, that to me is why I, I want a certain a, a aspect of, of bullying, mostly because it, it's kind of like revealing character and building character.
0: So just shy of prison yard.
2: No, no, no. Prison guard. <laughs> <laughs> pri, pri, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a prison yards a pretty good.
0: I'll pick up
1: where you wanted to leave off. And I think the second thing that you learn <laughs> in the education system as a whole literally from kindergarten all the way through college, if you learn nothing else, you learn perseverance. Mm. You learn grittiness, mm. not giving up, you know, and even if you do give up, there's a chance to pick it back up. I dropped out of high school. I gave up, but I got my GD a week later. And then I went back later in the army and got my college degree. So it's like anybody that finished high school and that finished college knows how to not give up and mm. how to keep pushing. Um, to answer your other question, I think that bullying to a certain degree does build character to echo what Hasley said. Um, Obviously you don't want to take it to any extreme. You wouldn't wish any harm or any ill will on your children or anybody else's children for that matter. But it does build character and you are going to be bullied at some point in your life. I don't think anyone is immune to it. Mm -hmm. Um, To the level you're bullied obviously will change. But if you're a kid that was never bullied and you always got your way and then something didn't go your way maybe you weren't even bullied but something didn't go your way when you're in college or in your in your career you're going to react to it in a very extreme manner right. and versus somebody that maybe went through the public school system had to deal with bullying more often had to persevere through all of that they develop thicker skin right. they learn to persevere past these obstacles which i think circling back again is why i think a middle ground for a public school is probably the ideal fashion, the way to go. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't want my kids to go to some school where they fear for their safety literally every day and they have to get in with some sort of gang just to survive. Right. But I think exposing them to other cultures, exposing them to kids who might come from a different background that may rough them up, that may teach them lessons, wouldn't be such a bad thing. What about you, Alex.
0: Yeah, um, I teeter totter on this. I I think is it. I don't know if this is the right term, recency bias. <laughs> it's, it's some sort of biasy, but it, is it just because I, uh, you know, value where I'm at and right. who I became, and I'm proud of who I became from who I think I started as, um, and I think that bullying was something that built character, something that toughened me up, something that. Um, you know, taught me grit and survival and push, and to know that like no matter how bad it seemed in that moment, it all fleeted. right? Like it, it, it always got better if you could stick it out, right? So I think those are the things that I got through it. But I don't know if I want my kids to be bullied. I don't know what the other side looks like. Like, you said, and maybe there isn't. Maybe there isn't anyone who's not been bullied. Fair. But like. Who, who what if, what if they're what if they are what if there's a level of people who haven't been bullied and they're called politicians or you know <laughs> actors or they're called which I know they're not comedians but um, <laughs> you know what if they're scientists what if they're you know uh you know astronauts what if I, I just don't know I don't I don't know anybody who wasn't bullied and so for me it's like do I want my kids to be bullied no I, I don't to be honest with you I I don't think they need to go through it. I think there's good that can come out of it. I don't know if you necessarily have to go through bullying to get it, but I'm not going to hide my kids from it. I sort of think it's something that's inevitable. And I sort of think it's, like you said, it's something that no one's really going to escape. Am I going to be a little protective? Like, do I want them to get bullied to the the point where I felt I got bullied? Absolutely not. I always want better for my kids. But do I want my kids to be able to, you know, see the same values and everything? Sure. But can it be taught through something else? Can it be talk through a different avenue can they read a story about kids being bullied or watch it on a film and 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 see it and and, (laughs) and get engulfed and and have that level of empathy and understanding and and not have to actually suffer through it themselves not have to have that that crippling fear of going to school and things like that because once you dip your toe in the water it's hard to know if you're in a lake or an ocean right right? and so i just again not going to hide my kids from it but i I don't know. I just, I just. I, number one, no, I don't really want my kids to be bullied, but I'm not going to hide the
2: thing. Quick question: Does anyone know if their parents were bullied?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Both parents. My dad was a bully.
0: Yeah. Oh, my dad turned into a bully as well, but that doesn't mean he wasn't bullied.
2: That's fair. That's fair. My dad was bullied at home, so that was the difference in that. So that's again goes into the you're going to be bullied. At some point in your life, why would you not want to get it out of the way earlier rather than later? Like I was said, with more extreme repercussions. I
0: don't know. Just because you do that doesn't mean you won't get it later.
1: I want to push a little bit on, on your take here. Sure. Um, would either of you change anything about your past? Do you have any regrets?
0: I think those are two different questions. Yeah. I think, <laughs> would I change anything about my past? Sure. There's things. That-
1: Even if it meant it changed right where you are right now. Because that's what would happen. And I think it's the butterfly. same question. The butterfly effect.
0: I'm proud of who I am and where I'm at now. So no, I wouldn't want to change it. But I don't know at what the butterfly effect would have.
2: Right. Brian? I, I, I'm a little more religious, so I'm very staunchly uh, supportive of the lifestyle that has and the, the life lessons that I've learned from my past and would not change any of it because of where I am today. What about you?
1: I don't think I would either. Are there times that I'm unhappy? Are there times where I'm struggling? Absolutely. But I am the man I am today because of everything that I persevered through and I think that pushes back a little bit on what you're talking about. Like I get that desire to want to protect these fake children we haven't had yet (laughs) from anything that might ail them. And like, we have no fucking clue what will actually happen after we raise that from like a fucking seed to an actual person. But looking through that lens again, I wouldn't change anything. And I, I know you know about this. It's like, I look at these kids that did have everything handed to them that did have to deal with a lot less than us. And they're fucking little twats. Amen. And like, I want my kids to suffer just, just, just (laughs) enough. Even if it comes at my hand a little bit, like, no, you're going to get that fucking, you're going to get that Ford Taurus. You're going to get that Ferrari of sorts for your (laughs) first car, you know? You're you're gonna have to get a job when you turn sixteen. I don't give a shit. I don't care if we've got enough money that you don't have to do that. You're gonna learn the value of a dollar. You're gonna learn the value of living off of your tips or whatever else that we had to learn. Like it's just gonna be that way. And then once you get to a certain level, like you'll be better for it. And then I can give you more things and feel okay about
0: it. Yeah, I don't. I don't associate bullying with learning hard work, or work ethic, or having to earn what you what what you have. Type I think so it's like,
1: all perseverance yeah. is my point. Yeah. Well,
0: well, sure. I, I mean, I, I can see that there's a relationship and perseverance there, but I just don't want my statement. If it was taken this way, I'd just like to do a quick clarification. Thank you. Because I don't want my kids to be bullied doesn't mean that I want to gift my kids everything. Right. Right. I don't want them to go without pain. I just... Um. Do I want my kids to have to get a job when they're 16 and pay a percentage of what their first car that they buy or that they own? Absolutely. do I want my kids to have to walk through the halls wondering if one of the football players is going to rack them in the middle of the hallway. Right. I don't really want that for them. So that's you know what I mean. Like there are I, different
1: types of suffering. I see what you're saying. Right. To, I think to, my overall point was just general suffering. Yeah. No, they, absolutely. They I
0: don't want suffer. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my kids to experience uh, suffering. Like I, I. Think about that all the time mm-hmm. of what's the balance of how much do you give your kids? How much do you not like mm-hmm. now I, I do, but well, hold on. I, Cause I had a, a point that I wanted to get to. So let's, let's go back. So we are, we're talking about three values that you want your kids to learn, right? And, and, and through their, their, their primary school, specifically through the social, we started with empathy, empathy. Second was grit. Hasley, give us a third one.
2: Um,
1: uh take your time. We're not rushing you.
2: Right. Uh I mean
0: It could be your number one as opposed to his. I'm right, just, right, right, just right, asking right, right. for a suggestion. Um I I would spoiler, I'm not gonna get all three from you, but but go ahead.
2: Okay. Uh I would have to say that since you caught me off guard, I wanted to clarify something also. <laughs> I, <laughs> but, but there's no rules in this. There's no rules. So I I'm not saying that if someone Picks on my kid, I'm not going to want to tear his spine out of him while sure. he's breathing. And I'm not saying I, those kind of or or her. I mean, I don't care. I'm I'm not. I'm equal opportunity. Some some girl picking on my daughter. I don't. Oh, I will slap the crap out of her in front of her mom and dad, and then stare at her dad and as just yell kid. equal rights. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in Spanish. <laughs> Looking at you, Beto. Anyways, uh, Beto. Sorry, uh, but I I would say. I don't really know how to put a one word on it because I think that empathy and grit are very, uh, very, I mean, I want those as well. And I think that those are somewhat all encompassing. I, I don't have the exact word word to describe, I, I don't know, forward thinking. And, and if you'll allow me to elaborate more so of who we, I mean, what is it the, you guys can quote me better. What about the five people you hang around Uh, Jim
1: Rohn, yeah, the five people you spend your most time with is basically who you become. You're the equivalent of the five
2: people. You're the equivalent. That's exactly what I was looking for. So forward thinking that I don't want my kids to be nearsighted in the sense that what we're doing is now and forever. So for example, uh, and and I'm sure we all have known someone who's committed suicide. I think that in today's society that's becoming more prevalent because of people being so nearsighted. You're looking for a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And I think that uh, the same thing with who we hang out with or, or the, the, the way we spend our money, Uh, man, I can't, I don't want to even talk about how many times I spent money on like a new system for my, my truck or, or something loud that was stupid, obnoxious or pipes. uh, Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to go on the pipe. I mean, (laughs) there's so many different things that I thought of now is eternity. And, and I'm living in the now and a YOLO and all about that. And I got very, uh, all encompassing on what is now. I want to be cool now. I want to be liked now. I want to get the girl now. I want to, uh, get the good grade now, whatever that may be. And it's all, I mean, I didn't care if I cheated on tests, whatever it was, it was all about a now I'm living in the present. So I, I don't know the best one word of that, but, um, making sure to pick the right friends, making sure and not that they're going to be able to pick the right friends and not that me telling them to pick the right friends is going to work because the moment my dad said, you shouldn't hang out with this guy I'm like, middle finger. I'll hang out with one, one, two. Yeah. uh, yeah, they, they say, Hey, maybe you should study for your class. I don't need to study. Leave me alone. Hey, you should save money. Screw that. I'll do whatever I want. I got plenty of money. And, and, and I don't know, mature maybe is that a better? I don't know.
0: No, I think you described it well. Long, yeah, yeah. Think thinking about the future, being long-minded, short-minded. Yes. Right. long minded, not short minded. Yes, learning from others'
1: mistakes.
2: Ultimately, though, it's uh, I, I go religious with the Colossians of keeping your head, or your mind on things that are above. But sure. I think that that goes into that as well. Whether there's some sort of spiritual nature or not, as long as they're not um, focused on the narcissism that is all around and rampant in today's society that that's sufficient for me sure
0: so the point where i started with this one and where i wanted to to kind of wrap up with it is that um number one i agree 100 percent with the things you said if i had to if i was put on the spot to add one i'd say vulnerability ah nice right understand that it's okay to be fragile it's okay to be hurt but it's how you bounce back
1: i've got one more as well
0: uh, <laughs> go, go ahead then
1: curiosity I heard a story recently of a famous black belt that died and in his well, he has to be buried in his white belt to show that he's always a learner. He's always a novice. He's always trying to improve himself. And I think if you learn anything as a student, other than the two things I said before, it's curiosity, which is something that you need to carry into your adult life. If you want to be happy and live a life of fulfillment,
2: looking at you, Adam,
1: especially you, Adam. <laughs>
0: so awesome. I actually very glad that we paused yeah, for that really agree. Agree. That's very good. I agree. Um, but what I wanted to say was, I think this what we're highlighting is the importance of what doesn't happen in the classroom, mm-hmm. because I don't think any of these skills are on the agenda. I don't think they're no in mean, the lesson plans. It's I don't between think, the lines. Yeah, I don't think that there are things that the, the school is focusing on. Our kids aren't being graded on these. Right. They're not. They're not. These aren't required to make it to the next level. Uh, to get promoted to the next grade and things like that. And so when people say that it's not the school's job to raise your kids, this is what they're talking about, right? The things that we would, when not having kids. We're not, not in that, right. we don't have that pressure. We don't have to juggle raising a kid with the job and getting things right. done and, you know, uh, a parent, you know, get, getting sick with cancer. So like, you right. you have a kid, but your mom is sick with cancer. You got to be in the hospital with her while she goes right. through her thing, but the kid is struggling with, you know, things at the school and stuff. Like, we, yeah. we haven't had to go through all that balance, right? This is a dream. Right. Where we're all just being dreamers right now, and yeah. what we want. And if you take it a step back and look at it, all the things that we think would would develop and, and help instill um, success in our kids, or gear them towards being the best people that they could be, are all things that is not of a concern to the educational system itself. And I don't necessarily think it should be. That's not my. That's not what I right. want to take this platform for. What I want to say is that it shows the importance of being able to recognize. Um, there's a role that the school will play. And then there's something that we can do on top of that to right. ensure that the kids are learning what we think are some of the most valuable aspects to take away from these years outside of learning to read right. and write and do arithmetic right. and understand memorization. Like, like th- That's a skill. Like that's Whether people complain about it or not, that's something that's going to help you. This is a reflection of some of the most important things that are going to be passed on. Are the responsibility of people outside of the educational system, and um, are things that aren't necessarily being focused on through that right. so parenting. One it's of a, the it's the
1: crossroads between education and, and this. Right. It's parenting. It's you're, you're teaching your kids perseverance. You're teaching your kids about empathy. You're teaching your kids about curiosity or vulnerability, because. They're going to have issues at school and they're not going to know how to process those. And you have to teach them those traits based on what they're dealing with. Right. So I couldn't agree more.
2: Underlying theme of all of ours was adversity. We want them to experience some sort of opposition or conflict. And uh, then most importantly, learn how to positively and constructively grow from. Yep.
0: Look, guys, I could drink and I could talk with you all night. Every single night. But unfortunately, I do have other commitments and wives that I'm sure the listeners do too. So
2: Multiple wives. Um, this
0: has been a great conversation. If you guys want to contribute to the conversation, please feel free to send an email to outside our element at gmail.com. Other than that, it's been a pleasure. I love you guys very, very much. The dude abides. The dude the abides. Dude abides.